Okay, I'm gonna just quickly step away and uh, refresh my drink before we begin. Maybe um, maybe trying to make dinner while you're doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that too. Maybe on. Uh, I'll just let you monologue for a bit while I refresh my drink. Then while I. Maybe, uh, maybe it's time to uh, share that link. Maybe it's time to share that link with some people. And, oh, I've put uh, it. I've put it out on Facebook already. Maybe. Uh, well, I'm sharing it with my girlfriend. Who? Uh, oh, there you go. Cool. Doesn't really use Facebook. I should share it with this uh, fake, uh, this fake number I got the other day that keeps asking if I'm Doctor Kevin. Should share it with them. Yeah, I tell them to come listen to the Doctor Kevin show. Yeah, that's right. Come listen. I have a <laughs> podcast. I'll be right back. Okay. Maybe um, maybe um, maybe we're just gonna do a live podcast. Maybe that's um, maybe um. Maybe um maybe farts happen maybe. Uh, it's banned things. It's banned things. What are they? The fucking banned things. It's banned things. It's banned things. What are they? The motherfucking banned things. You can call into the show and we will talk to ya. Right now nobody's listening. How you gonna do ya? Maybe there's people listening. I have no idea actually how to tell. There could be people listening. Band things. Band things. I think two live people's me and the host. It's band things. Band things. We got a total of 100 occupancy. Band things. It's motherfucking band things. What happened in that school? It was probably in the southern United States. It's band things. Motherfucking band things. You know all those super progressive places. It's banned things, motherfucking banned things. We're up here in Canada smoking that BC herb. It's banned things, motherfucking banned things. <laughs> now you're rewriting our, our theme song. I'm writing, and well, I'm not rewriting anything. I'm just making up my own theme song. Oh, there you go. Our special yeah. live episode theme song by Dave. That's Colton, right. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to go back and uh, listen because it I goes will. for a while. How are you recording this right now? The the Podbean app records it for you? Yes. As long as you don't switch devices mid-podcast. As long as weird errors don't happen, yes. That's right. As long as you don't, like, digitally bukkake in the face of fate and the Podbean app. Well, so what happened that time is that my, my laptop just completely lost connection to the, the Wi-Fi here. Right. And so did all of my computers. And the only thing that I could get connected again was my phone, which is why I ended up reconnecting that way. And I think maybe it was only because I was connecting through data. Mm. Um, never resolved what that problem was. The, uh, I didn't get back on Wi-Fi in the, until the next morning. But when I talked to the um, the neighbors that run the Wi-Fi, yeah. um, they, they didn't do anything weird to it. They hadn't moved it. They hadn't turned it off. They hadn't done anything. So They didn't lose their Wi-Fi either? Not that they noticed, no. Oh. That was very strange. That is very strange. Yeah. It's probably aliens, man. It probably is. Probably. Um, Whatever we were talking about that episode, we were obviously getting too close to the truth, and they had to shut me down. 100%. 100%. It's it's the the thing said on the podcast were going to, like, lead to that, like, butterfly effect of... Like effect causing the, the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like the aliens were like, if Todd keeps going on this tangent, like 
you know, the butt aliens will know, and then the butt alien invasion happens. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't know. let that happen. No, because, I mean, for one, they, they look like butts, and we laughed for days before we fought them, and they were they were taking over our planet the whole time. But mm-hmm. That's the strategy. you got to look like a butt, and you can take over anything. Anyway. If you make the right noises and look like the right <laughs> human anatomy, you can get away with a lot, I think, is the... Yep. the, the that's the big kernel of truth in that one. Just like a kernel of corn in a poop that comes out of a butt. Exactly. Full circle here, folks. That's what we're all about at Band Things. And by folks, I do mean myself and the host who yeah. are just talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, though. It's fun. Uh, um, the link that you gave me... That link that you shared with me is that a specific link for link for hosts? Is it yes. a different link? Oh shit! I tried to. Sh- that was the one I shared, which was a bad idea, right? Um, so how do I share this show, man? I think I can. Yeah, I can send you the other link. The only thing is, I think like the the link I gave you. If somebody follows that, they would they would join the show, and if they were, well, I don't know if it would even work on a browser, but like they would join the show in the app, and also immediately be on the call talking to us. Oh, then she should hit it. I shouldn't have let Janine know. She'd think that was uh, she would not appreciate that, but I'd quite enjoy it. Oh. I find it quite entertaining. So, well, did I mean you Fine. can still send it if you haven't already sent it, or I already sent it, but then I sent a, an addendum just now. But it's all oh. good. Okay. Do you want the other one? Uh, I went to the bottom of the app, and there was a little square share looking button. I just sent that out. It worked. Oh, there you go. I think. Cool. Yeah, I think it worked. Um. Dave Colmine is live on the call for 13 minutes now. Um, I have wrapped a new theme song for the show. I appreciate so that. Holding out my part of the bargain here. Um, <laughs> um, not drinking. What a fucking bummer. But uh, yeah, that's... that's life, man. That's life, bro. Uh, you know, working that day job. I tell you, yeah, though, it's the, it's the day job that makes me want to drink, and it's the day job that suffers when I do. And so. Right, that's Damn, tricky. It's a real catch twenty two there. I get through a weekend of bar gigs with not being concerned about uh, drinking, and then I go to my really nice day job, <laughs> doing nice altruistic things for people, and I just want well, that's that's where you need to get loaded. Afterwards. And I just want to get loaded by ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's tricky. I got a uh, I got a Caesar. I got a Caesar over here. Is what I'm sipping on. You know, Todd, that's the life of an oil man. That is the life of an oil man. Sitting sitting back, sipping a Caesar, doing a live podcast. That's the life of an oil man. That is correct. That is correct, man. Uh, is it Caesar from a bottle? Caesar you made? What are we yeah, it's Caesar, Caesar I made, but I didn't like do... I just went and got the like Clamato, the works for Caesars. <laughs> Oh, so um, it's just it's a two it's a two ingredient. Uh, yeah, it's it's vodka Caesar. and the and the and the clamato. Sure. The do you, works. Any, do you have any frozen water in there? Really, really. Uh... Ice cubes. Yes, I do have ice cubes in yeah, there. Cool, cool. I have so a couple it's of three ingredients. Whoa. I guess so, yeah. This is a pretty fancy Caesar. No rimmer. It is. No rimmer. It, no rimmer. It's a plastic cup because uh, that's how I roll. Plastic cup. I mean, you can yeah. rim a plastic cup. Like, I hope can you really? Well, you can rim anything. Giggity. Back to is butt that, jokes. Is that true? Is that true that's, that you can rim anything? That's just a butt joke. Are we going to have to like take that to Mythbusters, even though they don't exist anymore? That's right. 
Can you rim anything? Can you Ugh, rim anything? I don't want to think. My mind went to all sorts of stuff. I do not want to rim. <laughs> <sighs> Let's just do this and not talk about banned books. Eh? Let's just do a, <laughs> Let's just continue just do a live show thing. where we just shoot the shit about things. That's right. We'll be speaking, like, of Elden Ring. speaking of Elden Ring. <laughs> Speaking uh, of yeah. video games, every minute that we're not actually doing the proper podcast is a minute that we're not playing Fortnite. So Fortnite, we should... so we should get this shit going, buddy. It's time. Right. Let's get it moving. So uh, let me... Oop, hang on just a second. That's not what You're I wanted to do. You're in charge of the actual podcast. Yeah. So I guess if we begin, we begin the way we always do. Welcome back to another episode of When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. Joining me this week is Mr. Dave Colmine. Hello, everybody. And we, everybody being, of course, you and I, I think. Um, That's right. And anyone who listens to this in the uh, near future. In the browser. In their browser. In their, on their web or whatever. Not in the app. Maybe, yeah. On their podcatcher. That's what they call them. On their podcatcher. Pod oh, like That's... afterwards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't have to only right. address those who are here live. So FYI, right. guys, this this is a live episode uh, for those listening to it later. Yeah, uh, we are on Podbean. There's a Podbean app, and uh, you could you could call in and be a part of the show. So uh, you pay attention. If you to had thoughts pods. on our coverage of Mouse, uh, you would be able to call in and uh, you know engage in the conversation with us. Tell us how we're wrong. Tell us how we're right. That's right. Uh, tell us what you're drinking. Even yep. um, tell us whether we'll you play Fortnite. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Who's your main? You know, that's what I want to know. I mean, that's what I want. How you do. doing? How you doing in the lands? The lands between? You know, uh, how's your trip and limb grave going? These are the important questions that this podcast will not address. <laughs> I'm guessing that was an Elden Ring reference. Those were Elden Ring references. Okay. That's right. All right. That's all garbled up the intro. So let's just say uh, we're about to complete our look at Mouse, my father Blink's history. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Hey, man. Every freaking time I hear that intro, I really want to freestyle over it. We were going to do that for as an outro once. Did we ever I think, do it? I think we might have done it. I think we might have done know. it on the Lost Live episode. Oh, that's what happened. That's yeah. probably what happened. The Lost Live episode. So we have a redundancy here, people. Uh, I'm yeah. capturing it in an o OBS uh, recording capture just so that, you know. There'll be redundant. There will be a version of this. It will make. There it will be a ver the no matter what happens. God there will be a version it. of this that releases afterwards. I think yeah. I have to admit, and this is maybe selfish of me, but I think it's fun to have like something that can become the infamous lost episode, right? The episode that, like, maybe one day, if there's ever enough fans of this podcast that people talk about, is like. What could have been on it? What did they say? We'll never know. It's a right. mystery. You know, the concept of the infamous lost episode just seems kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I do get that. That's very romantic. Hate to burst yeah. the bubble. Ain't no one ever going to care. But I, 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 I care. I, I, I care. <laughs> I wish that success for you. I do. <laughs> Thanks. I do, of course. Of course. Thanks. Um, All but, it takes uh, is one person to care. Maybe it's well, my mom. 
<clears throat> Maybe right. my mom is the one who will care because she wasn't able to listen to the live episode that one time, and now she'll never know. Well, and I think that that's the cool thing, is, and that's what we do need to emphasize. This is live. You could call into it and stuff, and uh, it is a different vibe. And to be a part of the live is different than listening to it later. So, you know, pay attention to Todd's social media to be a part of this next time. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, one of the things I, I, I try to – the reason I want to do these wrap-ups live, ideally, is to get that interaction with people, to find out – you know, if they've read along with us or if they are, you know, culturally familiar with the book already, do they agree with our takes? Do they mm-hmm. do they think that this should have been pulled from schools? What is their perspective on it? Because, you know, by no means do I think that whatever you and I think is the be all and end all of reality. We're right. just sharing a couple of opinions, you know, and everyone's got a different take on it. Totally, totally. I know um, we did the live wrap up for uh, of Mice and Men. And I got a message later that night from someone. It was a picture of their uh, TV, and they were on the couch watching it. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Movie. Yeah, so we inspired a movie watch. Someone spent the three bucks to rent it or whatever it was. It was a pretty good movie, too. Yeah, it was all right. It was a good early effort there from everybody involved. Yeah. Um, and so today, we are talking about uh, it's... My Father Bleeds History. So is that the title of the first volume? And then there's a different title for the second volume. How does that Yes. Um, what is the title? Um, yeah. So like what, you know, this is banned media, but turns out most of why it is banned is in the second half, the second yeah. volume. As it has, I, I think it is released as one single volume sometimes or in, in other iterations. Hence why it's banned as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on this first half is what we had access to, and unbeknownst to us, the band material wasn't in the first half. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's you know I would say that's probably um, you know all on me for not you know doing sufficient research about what was banned and what wasn't. On the other hand, I don't know if it would have made sense to cover um, just the second part by itself without the context mm. of the first part. Uh, the context is the word that came to mind is me with me as well. I do think you need the context for this first book. Yeah, yeah, because even if this isn't, and and that's kind of something I wanted to talk about is the fact that covering just this first part um, gets us to kind of, <clears throat> pardon me, an unsatisfying ending. Um, and it's again, it's unfortunate because I, you know, I've read Mouse before, but it's been quite a while, and I I didn't remember exactly where things end. But basically, this volume just covers kind of pre-war and early wartime for Art Spiegelman's father, Vladek. And it ends with him finally arriving, um, being captured by the Germans and arriving in Auschwitz. And that's, you would think, where sort of like the real trauma of the story is going to happen. And of course, it's fair to note that this book is about more than just trauma and more than just the war. It's also got huge amounts to do with like Art's relationship with his father and, you know, who his father is as a person and, and you know, how, who he is as a person uh, is a, is an evolution, I think, of his experiences in the war and all of that sort of stuff. For sure. I mean, I think it, it made me think about my own upbringing, my own parents as well. I think that, uh, yeah, there's, there's some really great topics discussed. I thoroughly agree with you. That I was, I'm sure I cursed aloud when I reached the end of the book, going like, "You what? did, yeah." I right? was in the room. Like, I went, well, I was in your place when you finished it, yeah. Oh, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, and that's the end, man. Like, 
Yeah. Because uh, I, yeah. you know, they it's all that build up towards Auschwitz, which is you know a terrible thing. Uh, not something I'm excited to read, but it was just a, like you know such a it loomed large in that first half. Um, you know, there there were events that did play out that were alluded to from the beginning. Uh, you know, the passing of uh, the firstborn child Riju. Mm-hmm. That did happen within the first volume, but yeah, so much of the story. Which again, like that was a that was a really, really rough scene, I think, or a rough, you know, um, imagining that situation. The idea of this this mother, um, who is about to be potentially rounded up by the Germans and sent to Auschwitz, decides that she doesn't want to do that. She's not going to go to these. Um, concentration camp she's not going to go to the gas chambers um so she yeah. she kills herself her children and and rishu is not even her child but one that she's tending for Gosh. um the speaking family responsible for all these children and this is her decision oh, boy that's a greater debate than we have time to have and i'm not yeah. educated enough to have it um my my gut says i couldn't do it but i don't know like I said, yeah. I wouldn't do it. But I also don't really like the idea of going to a concentration camp very much. Maybe I would. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really Mister Stand Up and Seize the Day. <laughs> Maybe I would be like, "Fuck that! I'm fucking out." You know what? Well, Let's hope for some reincarnation. Peace. The one thing you brought up because we did talk about this briefly on the last recorded episode, and one of the things you brought up then was that potentially at least, and again, this is what we know now, and I don't know if it would be going through your head then, but like, at least there's a potential at Auschwitz for survival. Like, we do know that there were survivors from Auschwitz. I think so, right? Am I wrong to say that? Uh, No, you're not wrong because Vladek came from Auschwitz. uh, Right, exactly. Exactly. Definitely some people survived, and, and I mean, that's that is the story of Vladek up to this point as well, though, is just his resiliency. This man will not give up and he's, he's wise to the world and how to get through it and tended to until he was captured, have yeah. a good head on his shoulders and a good uh, instinct. And from early days knew the importance of having money tucked away. Always. Asset after asset. My goodness. Like if there was one thing that that he did that was like responsible for his survival through this, it was being able to, you know, pay off this person, bribe this person, make a connection here because of a financial arrangement. Like money was behind every moment of his survival. And it it was you can see that, you know, later in the story when he's constantly talked about by his his new wife and everything else as being this this cheapskate who doesn't even want to miserly man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, his new wife doesn't want to uh, buy him clothes and, and, you know, wants, you know, because he's got this closet full of clothes from his. Yeah. Vladek wanted Mala, his second wife to wear the clothing of the deceased first wife Anya as a way to save money. And I, I get it. I just get, I understand Vladek. I think you get an understanding of him. Um, that's one of the cool things about how just real it is, right? Like art is in this story and I don't think he holds any punches about how he acts or about how his father acts. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that Vladek's or sorry that um, art is always painted in the best light either. No. And in fact, you know, for one, there's a moment where um, 
because the comic details art's creation of the comic as well there's a moment where he's talking to mala and kind of saying like he feels bad about how he's portraying his dad and it's almost like he is that stereotypical greedy jewish person but all he's doing is just literally explaining how his father behaves yeah yeah that's an interesting one um so like uh highlights man uh what were some highlights for you from this first half what are things that stick stick uh in your mind still to this day wow uh so i mean to start with just because we we're just talking about it a big one is is sort of the relationship between Artie and and vladik and how that's portrayed and how real it feels and how much i feel like we get to know both of those not just characters but these are you know real people um i think if there was like uh, a single sort of image or something that sort of uh, stood out to me. There's two of them. Uh, one is when they're on the train uh, heading to uh, where um, Artie's first wife, whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, Artie, um, Anya. Vladek. Anya, right. Thank you. Yeah. So Vladek and Anya, cause they're going to the, um, the, is this after the honeymoon honeymoon? Yeah. Yes. And it's going to the hospital, right? She's going to the hospital because she's. Yeah. It's 38 riding on a train in the center of town, a Nazi flag. Yes. Uh, word coming from Germany, a Jews being forced to sell their businesses and were disappearing or being beaten. But yeah, just that, that flag out the window of the train was really something else. Yep. Uh, and also uh, the moment where um, there were a bunch of of Jews who had been doing business together that were rounded up and hung uh, in the street. And again, that was another image that really just struck me because just trying to imagine what that would be like to just be walking down the street and encounter that these people that uh, had you had just been doing business with and who, you know, maybe if, you know, if you had been there at the wrong time could have been arrested with them like that could have been you up there as well like mm-hmm. again that was just an image that sort of spoke so much in in just sort of one image cool um yeah that the flag in this in the center square also stood out for me in a big way um i think the funnier moments are the ones that also really stick out mm-hmm. in my mind um the the wire hanger and then the wood hanger the next time that art comes over that change of the hanger yeah um, the, the 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 subplot about uh, the the arc of artie's coat the arc of artie's coat and disappearing and then getting a new trench coat i, I found some of that yeah. stuff kind of uh, uh funny and and so it stuck out a little bit to me um uh, another thing that really stuck out was uh art spiegelman's earlier comic mm, yes. about his mother's passing and uh how vladic kind of fell inward and didn't support art uh, and art ended up supporting vladic through his morning mm-hmm. um the art style to it like i can't picture an exact pain but i can like see some like long drawn faces and stuff i get a sense of it now just thinking back um, mm-hmm. uh, and then Back to comedy, the uh, when he gets caught with all that sugar and then pretends to own the bakery and gets to the yeah. back door of this bakery and like is like I got our sugar and goes in and like just uh, you know there's a there's a comedy to that. Um, so yeah, some really great scenes for sure. Um, yeah, anything else stick out to you? Do you have a happy one? Any happy one that sticks out to you? I mean, I kind of might have just listed the greatest hits there, but 
Yeah, I mean, definitely the, like I said, the happy moments between like Artie and and his dad, maybe not happy moments, but just moments of of levity or humor. Like I absolutely loved when, you know, Artie is leaving at the end of, I think it's chapter two or chapter three. And he's looking for his coat and he finds out that his dad just fucking threw it out. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You know, yeah, it's not a good coat. I didn't like it. I threw it out. Here, you take this one. This is this is. I used to have this coat. Yeah, you have it. It's a good coat. Yeah, Dad, or, I I can I can choose my own coats now. I'm a fucking yeah. grown up. Yeah, or like he comes over the tape recorder and he's like, I could have got that yes. three three recorded. How much did you pay for that? I, How I much you got, pay? You paid fifty. I could have got it for thirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just I kind of. Yeah, just so funny, right? Just no matter what. Yep all about the money too and i mean it is all about the money for good reason yeah and that's the thing is like all of those moments of levity you know when you find out why he's like that it it tinges you know as much as those moments are funny it it absolutely tinges them all with with darkness when you realize where it came from like it's not just this guy's cheap it is if this guy hadn't been cheap he would likely be dead right now oh yeah it was it was now here's the thing was Vladik always just Vladik and people like Vladik are the ones that are going to survive the war? Yeah. I mean, maybe to some extent, I think, I think I remember like when there was the point where he had made a little bit of money really, really early on. uh, And he went back to his family and was like, look, I just made this money. Now we can buy some stuff, but he intentionally tucked some of it away Mm -hmm. because he knew that like they would. And I think, I don't know if that was like, so what I'm saying is I don't think that was necessarily always him before that, but I think like there was a moment where he and the rest of the family were talking about things about how like it sucks. Nobody has any money, but this will pass, right? This will pass. Yes, right. It's not a big deal. We don't have to stress about it. And he whatever the reason, it seemed like something clicked in him that went, this might not be over soon. And we have to think about the future. Yeah. Right. More so than everybody else. And that from that moment on, it was mm. always thinking about the next future and the next future and the next thing you might need to spend a little money to grease a wheel, to do whatever. Right. That was such a baller moment, right? Like, he's the only member of his family. He's with his wife's whole family. Yeah. And yeah. no one's making any money. And he just happens to, like, meet a fabric guy he used to work with. Gets you know some fabric for some stuff. Gets it across town. Gets it. Gets some money for it. Brings in some money. Everybody's impressed at the amount of money he brought in. He's the only one bringing in money. You know, father-in-law notices. And then behind all that, he's pocketing some. Yeah. <clears throat> he's got gold objects then for sure at that point. I'm sure he's got some jewelry and things tucked away already. Like he's just baller, dude's baller. But even then, like it's there, there's got to be a certain amount of luck to it too, because there's a point later when um, when he and Anya and Anya's parents are in a um, are in a prison, a war uh, like a war prison, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they bribe their way out, but they try to bribe Anya's parents out too, and they're like they're too old, we can't mm-hmm. get them out, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets to the point where the guy actually takes the bribe to get them out uh and then just doesn't do it yeah and so you know again it's it's that matter of like you know money is keeping vladik alive to an extent but like 
there's, I think, a tremendous amount of, of luck involved in that survival as well, just being right places, right times, the right age. I think it's um, the age. Age is huge, right? Age and fitness, I think you there is a certain demographic that's going to make it out, right? At some point, there was, what, nobody over the age of 70 still yeah. alive, and then yeah. that number started getting lower and lower. Yeah, because they were just whittling out the people that were, were consuming resources without providing anything, right? So kids... You had too many kids, you're out because those kids are just, they're eating food. They're not generating any, any profit. Totally. Right. And so, you know, to the Germans, the Jewish race was just about like, how much value can we, are you valuable enough to keep alive? Otherwise you're dead. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to fight like a, a many front world war. Yeah. Shrewd. Um, one thing I do want to talk about during this is that, Kind of the one criticism I remember reading about Spiegelman and, and Mouse is that by portraying these different races as different animals, he's calling it a falling prey to the same kind of um, racial division that people like Hitler were doing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. Yes. Um, I initially thought that it was like pigs as uh, the police force and then people in hospitals. And so yep. to me, it was like, like uh, some sort of this like working class was them, you know, like they were the, the cogs in the machine mucking in the right. shit. You didn't catch like. the racial thing, right? <clears throat> yeah. And so like from, and I think that, but yes, the idea, the idea of, yeah, each race being an animal It's, it's, it's interesting because I think about scenes where he's a Jew and if he's found out to be a Jew, he, he'll die in, in Poland and he's acting Polish. Yeah. And so it shows him with a pig mask on. Yeah. Yeah. And those, by the way, those are some of my favorite scenes too. Just the way that he was able to take that, that visual metaphor, that extra step further um and and in doing so like can really streamline the storytelling like you don't have to explain that you're pretending to be a pole you just show you wearing the pig mask right yeah and so like there's this i'm thinking of this specific scene where he runs into somebody on the street doesn't know if they're a pole or a jew yeah right in the first panel you only see the front half of his face which is a pig and in the second panel as he realizes that he's jewish it pulls back and shows the string like a mask. Cause that's what mm-hmm. they wear, like a mask with a string pulling it to your face. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, so is if you're smart enough about how you use it, is it like elevated above racist or transcend it? That's my question to you. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a criticism that's worth talking about but i think where i've ended where i've landed on it and i literally landed on this about 45 seconds ago is that because he's telling this story about a world that was so separated by race because of the war because of hitler because of nazism that that it is fair to take this approach. It's a fair to take this approach due to the time and climate that it's portraying. 
Yes, because of this, the fact that this is a story that is set in that setting where yes. there are those lines and where us as readers being able to draw distinctions between those lines to know who is German, who is Jewish, who is Polish. Um, I think not only is it fair, but it is also effective and maybe, maybe um, one of the best ways that you could tell a story like this. Cool. All right. So that is definitely a thumbs up. Um, well, brazened uh, by, by, uh, by your review. Sure. I'll go with it. I mean, couldn't tell the story the same way, you know, just couldn't tell it in the same way without it being what it is. Yeah. And it's because it is such a, um, it becomes visual shorthand after a while, right? Because the way that you talked about with the pig masks and these sorts of things and knowing, knowing from sort of reading synopsis of the book, you know, knowing that there are many, many other races being portrayed by many, many other animals, you know, there's clearly going to be more examples of this um, in uh, the second volume. So like there's Americans who are horses. There are French who are frogs. There were, um, those are only two I remember off the top of my head, but not bad. Uh, you know, it brings back, uh, an important scene and that was the Germans over top of a trench full of, uh, dead Jews, dead Jews from this, uh, this battle. And, uh, in that one scene, the Germans did not look like dogs. Like they were portrayed in all the other, they would have been pigs, panels. but yes. Uh, no, no. The, sorry, uh, sorry. I meant the Nazis. The Nazis. Oh, are dogs. cats. They're cats, not dogs. Cats. Sorry, not dogs. cats. Right. So the Nazis are cats. That's right. My apologies. The Nazis are cats, and the Jews are mice. And in this one panel, all these Nazi cats don't look like cats at all. They look like humans. And I think yeah. that was very intentional, trying to portray that this is in this kind of most uh, atrocious act was, was humans. Yeah, just a reminder that that this is this is a human atrocity that these things were done by people these things were you know it's not um a fantasy of cats and mice and and pigs and you know it's, we're not reading a, a happy book about well not a, we're not even reading a sad book about animals doing terrible things to each other this is things that people did to each other mm-hmm. so yeah that's definitely a fair point so did you enjoy it i did i did um you know when I look at art um, of, of any kind, one of the things I, I really like about a given sort of art form or given medium is creations that really couldn't have been done in any other medium. You know, movies that really wouldn't work as anything other than a movie or in this case, you know, uh, a story that I don't think could have been as effective in if it wasn't a comic book because they weren't able to pull these kind of artistic tricks. Um, and so for that alone, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think art is a, um, a a pretty pretty stellar storyteller, um, both visually and and literally. Choosing the the segments he's including from his life and from you know his his time with Vladek, you know how he's telling his father's story, the the meta narrative of it. I think uh, I think it's a tremendous accomplishment, and I think it, it is certainly worthy of being the only graphic novel to have won a Pulitzer Prize. So. Mm. yeah i i enjoyed it um i'd recommend it i think so far anyway that it it should have been part of maybe my education right i think i'd me getting to digest this in high school wouldn't have been a bad thing 
Yeah. I think it would have been the best perspective. It is the best perspective I've ever had on World War II and what went down. I've never watched Schindler's List for some reason. Right, because that would be the <laughs> other one that I would mention as, you know, as a way of connecting with what happened. Right. Um, I've watched things like Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, and uh, they don't connect. They connect with a different part of this whole thing. And this yeah. was a perspective and understanding of World War II that um, I had not previously experienced. Uh, and um, yeah, so for that, I, I appreciate it. And I think that, yeah, so that makes it, you know, I, t- I took this shit in, in classrooms and never connected with the experience in the same way. So there's value in what it's doing here. And I yeah, think totally. it does belong in a high school curriculum, grade mm-hmm. 12. Yeah, and so that's worth noting because I'm pretty sure that it was a grade 8 curriculum that it was removed from. Do you think that would be too early for this? Uh, yeah, I do think so. I do think grade 8 is too early. I don't think that you're mature enough to digest it in grade 8. That's fair. Yeah. I remember grade eight. I mean, frick. I had a, a little thing that hung off my body that made me feel really good. That's fucking grade eight. Like, <laughs> not fucking mouse. The sad story. I would be jerking off to the one mouse nudity frame that we haven't seen yet of a fucking Holocaust mouse. So I'd be a terrible, terrible little dirty boy. Okay. So, no, we're not ready in grade 8. Okay, okay. That's a fair argument. By grade 12, though, I do think that you are. And so, uh, yeah, by grade 12. Okay. Maybe grade Um, 11. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I would be afraid, and I I, I see where you're coming from with grade 8. I'd be afraid that by grade 12, you're going to encounter certain students who'd be like, I'm too old to read a comic book. And, and have that kind of pushback, right? Anti-comic book. Now, do you think that anti-comic book is a thing in the year of our Lord 2022? That's, that's maybe fair, too. I don't when know. When the biggest movies in the world are comic book Comic characters. book movies, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, again, that's that could very well just be me being, like, really removed from what it's like to be in grade 12, you know, because I'm yeah. a 48-year-old man. I think and, the comic uh, books are cool now. You, you could be right about that. And that's not something that I, I, I considered when I made that statement. So maybe no, I'm just yeah, but, completely but, fucking out of it. But, but, is this the uh, same art style as those comic books? The ones no, that it's absolutely the Marvel, not. Marvel makes, right? And so there is an argument for that. This is definitely an artsy comic book, not to the same degree as art's previous work. Yeah, that art, art in his art. Art in his art. But, um, uh, yeah, so it there's maybe a little bit of less approachability um, to it for that. Um, the art style itself, what what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm a guy who loves all kinds of art styles, and uh, um, I thought this was great. I um, there's a certain minimalism to it that's really appealing. Um, he's got a good attention to detail, but able to portray. You know, generally speaking, differences in characters using some very simplistic tools. Like if if it was ever if there was ever a moment that I wasn't sure which character was which, mm-hmm. it was only because there were scenes that had so many family members in it that like were, I only met two panels ago, 
yes. that I, I can't keep track of, but it was never because like, you know, if it was already, I knew it was already, if it was Vladek and it was Vladek, you know, so I, there were scenes where the fact mm-hmm. that it was a room full of mice made things a little less differentiable than I think a room full of men and women. Yeah. But that's rare. But uh, in the same way, like I have definitely read uh, comic books that featured human beings where I was like, I can't tell the difference between these two characters visually. Oh, 100%. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. So I don't think that's, that's unique to the fact that these are animals. Oh, okay. All right. 10-4. Uh, hey, Mr. I A think... and PixXU Jamuka, who have joined us for uh, for our episode here. Yo, 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 yo. You guys are doing well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, at first blush, I wasn't totally in love with the art style. Uh, yeah. It did take a couple panels. I got into it, though. It just... Um, the lack of shading, I guess, like it's it's what it's exactly what you said, like very simplistic tools mm-hmm. used to portray everything. Um, just like kind of like that deepening cross thatch to create shading versus shading itself. Um, but I got into it. You know, I think at some point I just like fell into like what it was trying to do and just and really embraced it for what it was. Right. And it's yeah, um, man, I right? like. Pretty much, and again, that's that's got that's definitely the the indie comic element too. The idea that this is not like a whole big production team. It's like this is a guy at his studio, and he's just making his comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something I was thinking about bringing up. Yeah, those are my thoughts on Mouse. So uh, we were talking about uh, doing the second half of it at some point. Yeah, I, w- I mean, obviously, you know, leaving it here, we're A, um, not getting we never to, get to Auschwitz. the meat of why it was. We never get to Auschwitz. We don't get to the meat of why it was pulled. Yeah, it was um, banned, yeah. We um, are, and, and we have an incomplete story, you know, yeah. um, and, and one that doesn't even really end, even for the first volume, in a satisfying way. Nope. So I would definitely like to come back to this at some point. Uh, and continue with the second part, which is excellent. That's what, kind of what I was going to, um, you know, bounce off you and see if that was something you were interested in doing. Well, I mean, I, I really echo your sentiments. Like, it just doesn't feel completed. Uh, I am too effing busy. Like, you and I are uh, working on a documentary series right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Elden Ring's out. There's a new season of Fortnite. I got a There's so much job. going on. There's a lot of shiitake mushrooms going on right now, uh, you know. I am like totally not just XP farming in Elden Ring in the background while we do this. <laughs> I was wondering about this little clicky, clicky, tap. Oh, you guys are getting the clicks, are you? I'm, I'm hearing so a few sorry. of them. I thought you oh, might have been Googling apologies. something, but no. Nah, no, fuck. No, I am just running a horse down a hill, dodging a boulder and respawning. You know what I'm talking about, Elden Ring people. You know exactly. Um, say a quick hello to Chris Wilson, who's just joined us. How you doing, Chris? Bye. I think I recognize that name. I might recognize mm-hmm. that name. Um. Yeah. So I would really like to to cover the second half of this at some point in the future, and so Agreed. it's good to know you'll be along for that. Yeah. Um. Don't know when that'll be. Um. Matter of of schedules and everything lining up. Um. But yeah, it's definitely like I said. I would recommend it. I think I would maybe say definitely grade ten. I definitely think you could cover this in grade ten, and maybe even grade, grade 10, nine. Okay. I, I echo your sentiment about High grade school? eight, but I also think, I don't know. I also think maybe if there was like, like a, a special, if you were in a grade eight class that was like special literature, like you're smart kids, you really dig literature, 
that maybe you could get as early as eight in a situation like that. Oh, I mean, I was I was a matriculated dude who liked art and English. And I don't know if I was there yet. Maturity yeah. wise, it's just because I think you know, and I, I think it's because part of it is it's 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 baked into the the curriculum history, like. If certain grades are going to cover World War II and certain grades are not going to cover oh, World War II. Oh, yes, right. And if, yes. if World War II is when it's being covered, or grade eight is when World War II is being covered, this right. is a story that opens up World War II to these kids in a way that is way more relatable than anything else mm-hmm. except potentially Schindler's List. Or Band of Brothers. I haven't seen that. Oh, man, that that's pretty good shit. But that's that's more soldier aspect, right? Like it's if the you're other trying to find out, yeah. yeah, this is the machinations on the backside of it. What's going on in Poland? How, how you're treated as a Jew to go through World War II? It's yeah. fucking wild, and uh, I think it's a really great read. I think there's a real value in it for sure. Yeah, it gave me some perspective. And I would say, at the very least, even if not in the curriculum, this should be um, in the school libraries. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So the, you know, because honestly, you know, if, if, even if the student's looking for something to like, you know, whack off to, this is probably not what he's going to go to for that one. No, naked I, I mouse agree, picture. Dude. I agree, dude. So <laughs> that's, that's a callback to a conversation <laughs> for all you late comers. All right. I, uh, I appreciate making a callback. Nothing better than a good callback. If you ask me, um, I say. do you have any other thoughts? No, I think I've really gotten out. Like, I do think that uh, you need to read this entire thing. We have, what is it? My Father Bleeds History. Is that what this first half is called? Did we ever figure that out? And what's the Uh, second half called? The second half is called, oh man, I just left that page. Uh, uh, Something uh, something about wartime. No, now I'm I'm Googling. uh, Something about wartime, I think. Um, Oh, no, it's Survivor's Tale. Survivor's Tale. Okay. No, Survivor's Tale is, oh my God, the, the... the subtitle of the whole thing. Mm. Okay, cool. Okay, and here my troubles began is the name of the second volume. And here my troubles began, which my is God, kind oh, of a wildly terrible. ironic title, right? Yeah. Well, and like everything, true, everything leading up to this has been, you know, kind of like it's been bad, but eh. But here, <laughs> that's that's terrible, guys. Because like this this story, Mouse M A U S, man, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible what this man has gone through and lost his whole family. And the worst is yet to come. That's wild. Well, they're going to Auschwitz, so of course the worst is yet to come. Yeah, worst is definitely to come. Chris, I'm sorry, uh, I I don't recognize you. Uh, you have the same name of someone I used to work with. And so I thought maybe he was dropping by to check out my podcast. It's a good, but, strong, uh, it's a good, strong name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe I'll have to check out your three international and one national podcast about alternative history and military preparedness. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Um, the one the other thing that I think was worth noting that uh, and I was, I got to find this because it just occurred to me to mention this. Spiegelman has like one other kind of, relatively well-known uh, comic, and I, maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't really follow alternative comics that well. But he did a comic about um, the attack on the World Trade Center on September 11th. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And Man. I'm trying to find it, but... Um, He's found his niche here, eh? Just the 
terrible, terrible. Yeah, just tragedy, events. right? Just the worst <laughs> shit in human history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the shadow of no towers, it was called. And I, you know, I think part of that, of course, again, because he's he's writing from his life. He lived in New York. He was in New York when it happened. Um, and I imagine, having read Mouse, that it's going to be probably very similar to that, where it's it's ultimately mm-hmm. about his experience with the event, you know, whatever mm-hmm. grief he went through, you know, surviving it, whatever, maybe knowing right. people who died in it. Um, and making art from your pain. I mean, isn't that the, the artist's way? Yeah. I mean, some for some, it's, you know, the only way to sort of, you know, process and and deal with those things. Wow. Yeah. Them's my thoughts on mouse, yo. Uh, check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah. How'd, how'd you pirate yours, Todd? <laughs> How did I pirate mine? Well, you pirated yours from me, I think. I mailed it, it to it, you. Yeah. That's right. I just got a PDF in an email. Yeah. My, my, I, my pirated copy came in sideways. I had to, I had to learn how to, without like a proper PDF editor, because I don't have one, I had to find a website that would actually allow me to rotate it and then save it. Because I wasn't going to send you some sideways pirated comic book. What kind of what kind of podcast well, you did I a be little giving you, you a little that kind of shit there. to read? <laughs> yeah, man, I take care Thanks. of my I take care of my hosts. Well, I'm glad um, it wasn't ninety degrees to the side. Right? <laughs> You're gonna get a kink in your neck trying to read it like that. And even yeah. if you had it on like a tablet or something, I imagine because like every time you turn it. It tries it to write itself, right? <laughs> We've all played that song and dance. We no certainly have. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, like we both said, I think this is definitely worth reading uh, for anyone interested in history, for anyone interested in that aspect of history. Um, and even for just sort of, uh, you know, fans of the the comic book medium and, and looking at different ways that stories can be told in that medium and, and you know, what can make a comic book story unique to other stories. Um, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. You could, <laughs> uh, you could take that quote and put it on the cover of the upcoming new paperback edition. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Period. No exclamation and then, point. And then credit it to when bad things happen to good people. So that like <laughs> the name of the publication being quoted has like, I don't know, Eight more words than the quote itself. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That is pretty good. <laughs> okay, well, that's going to bring this episode to an end. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm covering next here. Um, that will be decided. Oh, no, I do know. I do know. This is exciting. Uh, so, what we're doing right now, this live episode, is the 49th episode of When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Oh, How crazy man. is that? That means talk, next episode is the talk to me in 50th, 20, buddy. <laughs> 50th episode. <laughs> Can I book myself in for 20 episodes from now? Do you want to do number, uh, what would that be? Six, oh, I see. All right. Okay. Nice. I'm obligated to say nice. I understand. Okay. Um, well, that's fine. We can, I, you know what? That's cool. I, I could play with numbers. We all just have to find something appropriate for the number 69. Um, right. Maybe a band porno. Um, Whoa! I don't want to see that. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> well, do not but want. there was that weird period in the seventies around, like, um, like behind the green door and Deep Throat, where uh, porn films were kind of flirting with a certain amount of mainstream interest. 
mm-hmm. like people like going to the theater to watch porn wasn't unheard of like cool people were actually doing that briefly but then maybe there was like the film that like ended that brief flirtation with with okay. being okay that might be interesting to cover i don't know sure anyway, point is sure. next episode our 50th episode we're doing a big celebration we're going to be going live again we are getting back uh original Orin. co-host Oren barter he's nice. going to come back uh, that will be his last episode. Uh, he's, his, his schedule is no longer working, which is why he hasn't been here in so long. But we're going to do a retrospective looking back on uh, our first 49 episodes. And a send-off live? Yes. You got, a, you got a date for that? Uh, it'll be, uh, assuming nothing happens, it should be two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight, guys. Yeah. Look back favorite moments least favorite moments i can already tell you which some of Oren's least favorite moments will be and they will all include the turner diaries um, <laughs> um, that's uh monday april 4th everybody monday april 4th 7 p.m whatever fucking time zone we're in yeah thank you for that thank you for calculating that dave mm-hmm. well i might have a computer on here i i'm doing a lot yeah right? but you could be you could be busy playing elden ring instead Dude, of you know, looking this stuff i have i have thousand runes i've never had that many before congratulations <laughs> uh, i'm glad i'm glad this podcast was able to help a little bit well i apologize to everyone listening for the clickety clacks it's all good it was very quiet um yeah so that's what the next episode will be after that episode 51 i don't know we'll see what happens it's it's like a month away probably so um the world could explode by then we'll never know <laughs> um until then thank that's you guys fair. for listening whether you're live <laughs> whether you're listening to this you know later thanks chris wilson pxu jn mqe and coal mine as you dave um oh hi thank you all for being here uh until next time now would be a very good time to go and read a fucking book Why don't you do something on top of that? Here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, band things. Uh, here in the West Canadian space. Band things. Uh, uh, band things. Nicely done. Bye, everybody. <laughs>